Hello, everybody. This is the Lambeth Talbot Village in Silverleaf, the LTVS podcast. I am your host, Colin Damroskis. My co-host, Jawad, is not in today. He unfortunately had some car troubles. It is a wintry day outside, and I think he's waiting for uh, car assistance on the side of the road, unfortunately. So, Jawad, when you listen to this, we are sorry you couldn't make it. We will miss you dearly. Today, we are... Uh, Invited. Well, today I was actually had the pleasure of inviting Tammy Bus from Blue Roots. She is the owner. It is a family-run business, and we've been trying to get uh, in touch since November. November, yeah. Holidays, winter, <laughs> a whole lot of everything in between. We are here you finally. Pick the best and... day of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little, yes, a little bit of uh, wintry blues today, but. Glad to finally have you in, Tammy. It was a pleasure. Uh, you know, I've been talking to uh, Nicole, who is it? Nicole's your assistant? Yes, yes. I had a pleasure dealing She's with the, Nicole. She actually is the operation. She runs the whole operation. She runs the show. Yeah, okay. she runs the show. Well, she got us here, and um, yeah, we'd love to hear a little bit about who is Blue Roots, first of all. We don't need to get too much elevator pitch, but who's, uh, who's Blue Roots? What do you guys do? So Blue Roots is a company that works with, so we're a family-run business, and we deal with other family-run businesses. Okay. And our goal is to keep family businesses in the family. And I'm a first-generation family business, and I've sold to uh, uh, employees, I've sold to a stranger, and I've transitioned to my children. So I've been through transitions. I understand okay. transitions and did them all probably wrong and realized that there was not a lot of help for first-generation transitions because we don't know what we're doing. Once right. you get deeper right. in, you have a better understanding of what you're doing. And so our goal is to help those people who have no idea they actually have a family business or even know where to start to think about transitions or selling. Yeah, well, because everybody's naturally, you know, just like my, my kids are going to take over my mortgage business for sure. You right? hope. That's, you hope. That's, that's, of course they will. Every, every kid dreams about being a mortgage broker, right? <laughs> Well, I was in the insurance industry for okay. a long time. So, uh, you know, I guess nobody know what we do, right? Yeah, so it's, yeah, so a true. lot of times, so when you're first gen, like you are, I'm assuming this yes, is your, you yeah. started this business, is that you started it because you maybe fell into it or you were just interested in it. And over time, it became successful because you loved what you do. Absolutely. And you brought in other people to help. And before you know it, you lift your head and you've got employees and you actually have a business. You didn't really think of it as a family business. You didn't talk to your kids about coming into the business. Right. You just talked about the fact that this is what mom or dad does, and it you know covers the cost of our family vacations, and you have a, a house to live in. Right. right? right you don't right. think of it like that. But if you've been through it, if you if this was your grandfather's business, you understand there's a transition, or you have to be prepared to move forward. But when you're starting out, you don't. Right. And I didn't realize that until my kids were almost adults that I actually had a business that why would I, why would they go somewhere else when there's this business that I've worked 30 years for and why wouldn't they jump in and, and in any capacity, right? Right. And do you, do you find it's often the kids themselves that, you know, for whatever reluctance they have, they just want no part of the business? Like, do you find that there's more oftentimes than not the kids want nothing to do with the business? Oh, Absolutely. And a lot of times, again, in my previous, you know, I've been in business for 38 years, and Blue Roots is is a sort of a spinoff of an existing uh, existing business. But in dealing with family businesses for 30 some years, 
most first-generation business owners don't want their kids in their business. Oh, they don't want them. And the kids don't want in it because, think about this, when you start a business, what are you doing? You're working all the time. Mm-hmm. You're the absent parent. Yeah. You don't make the events. You're working nights. You're doing, because yeah. you're building and building yeah, and building. Absolutely. And you don't want your kids to struggle, right? And you've had good years and bad years. So we think of that as all the hard work we've put in to build this business. And we don't want our kids to go through that. But it's already existing. They just have to look after it and nurture it, and it will grow. They yeah. don't have to do the same thing you did. They the don't fa- have the foundation's to, arguably there. Yeah. They yeah. don't have to do exactly what you do. They may run the business. They may run your marketing. They might do social media. They might be the legal or the accounting in your office. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do exactly what you do. And as parents, I think as a first gen, you have to realize that these are adults. And, you know, the hardest thing I think with um, my son when he came into the business many years ago was to realize he's not my child. He's an adult with his own opinions and, and coming at it from a different perspective. And I think that's the hardest part for both the kids to say, well, they're so old and antiquated, I'm not going to go work there. Or I don't want my kids in here because I work so hard. I don't want them to do it. I want them to have a a better work-life balance. I hate those words, but really a better work-life balance. Yeah, yeah. And it's like taking off the the mom hat, right? Yeah. It's hard, right? Because these are your kids. And you always want better for them. They want better than what you had, right? Of course, of course. And I think that's the hardest part for first gens. Yeah, and, and we, we were talking, you know, before the podcast, you know, myself and my wife working full-time together in our business, you know, we are excited to, you know, I, I, depending on where this goes, but we'd love to sit down with you as well because I don't think we've ever really put that together. And no. something that you said earlier that kind of caught me is, you know, identifying that you're a family business. Do you want to be? It's a vision, right? Most first gens, you started doing this, whatever it is you're doing, you could be a plumber, electrician, you know, insurance, investments, whatever you are, you started because you needed an income. Yeah. You didn't really start out as an entrepreneur. Don't get me wrong. There are first gens who were entrepreneurs who set out to, you know, build the best widget and be the best widget maker in the world. Right, right, right. But the majority of family businesses just started because you were good at your craft, good at your trade. Yeah. Just as a statistic, you know, we talk about how important family businesses are. And why my mantra is to keep family businesses in the family is as of uh, March of 2022. So the stats are a little outdated. These are Canadian stats. There's 812,000 family-run businesses in Canada under 100 employees. Okay. And there's only 1.2 million businesses in Canada. Oh, jeez. 812,000 as of March 2022 are family-owned under 100 employees. Great, right? Huge impact in the economy. That's just the business. It's not just about the employees. But guess what the sad news is? 30% of them will transition to the next say, generation. Yeah, how many? By generation four, 3%. Hmm. And I don't think it's because they don't want to transition. I, I think it's because you don't know how. And you haven't really talked to your family. I just had a, a client who is um, a blue-collar trade and they never asked the females in the family, so the daughters, if they were interested in being, you know, in that right, trade. Right. Because you think of it as, well, yeah. I'm a plumber, I'm an electrician. And and you know, after working with them, you realize that yes, they want to be part of the family business. Right. 
they were never really asked. Or was properly introduced to some degree. To right? opportunities. Because yeah. again, back in the day when the kids were little, there wasn't very many employees. You were just working hard. So the boys, in this case, went to help. We're swinging the hammers. Yeah. The girls never did. Right. And then all of a sudden, they have their own careers. It's still not too late. You can still have the opportunity to come back. But it might take a while. Because now you can't say, well, quit your job and come work for us. Right? You were like, what can I do? How can I do this? Oh, and I would love to have this a family business. So we need to grow it a little bit to be able to to have the space to bring you in full time to do marketing or social media, right, whatever you right. love to do. It's like a transitionary period. Yeah, yeah, right? But when you do it as kids, you, you just, you're not going to force your kids to come in. But what you want to do is talk about opportunities. Right. And what exactly you do and what you do in the community. It's more than just a paycheck. Of course. Right? We give back in many, many ways. So family business is very, very important to wherever you live, whatever community you're in. Yeah. And, and I think, like, term. I mean, it's probably pretty, pretty safe to say that the, the individuals that say, say the founders or, you know, the mom and the dad or, or the dad or whomever those were, the blood, sweat and tears that they put in, the experiences they had in their, their early years, chances are the second or third generation have never been experienced that, right? The business right. is now direct. It's, it's, yeah. It exists. They're trying to maintain it, maybe grow it, go off in different directions. Right. Absolutely. They're not struggling with getting the first client. They're not getting as invested. The first, yeah. You know, Selling tomatoes out of the back of your, you know, yeah. truck because now you're, you know, a big company that, that does pasta sauce or something, right? right? right you started right, off right. selling tomatoes or yeah. whatever it is. So you hear a lot of those stories. But again, one of the big issues and the reason that I'm focusing 100% of my time on this is another statistic is that I'm the tail end of the boomers. And 60%, so 60% of family businesses will transition in the next 10 years. So that's sell to Jeez. stranger, transition to, to kids, or, you know, transition to employees. So transition isn't necessarily just to the employee or just to the, um, uh, your kids. Right. There's many ways. And all I'm saying is look at the opportunities that are there. Right. If you're not Talk prepared, about it. Yeah. yeah. And you need to prepare. Absolutely. Yeah. And you need, and you want to get the best value from, from that. Right. business as well, whether right. it's, again, going to the kids or, or going somewhere else. But that's a huge number. and oh, that, That's um, absolutely huge. It's massive. And that's because the boomers are all older. So you're, you're talking they're 60 and up. And obviously, like, I mean, you probably don't have an exact, well, you may have an exact number, very close to it. But of that 60%, how many would you say have put together a, or, or would you even guess had a formal strategy? Less than 34%. Okay, that's awfully Less than like 34% <laughs> have a strategy. Yeah. Less than that have a written, documented strategy. That's, that's scary. And there's a lot of reasons for that, right? It, it, you know, depending, could be that you really don't want to talk about your mortality or retiring. Maybe that's all, all you've done all your life and, yeah. and you don't know who you'd be without it. But there's many ways to be involved yeah. in a business. You don't have to walk away. There's many types of ownership. There's many types of of um, roles. Um, there's so many options that we just don't think about because we're, again, we're not educated in that. We're educated in doing our craft. Yeah, absolutely. Building homes and, and doing and, whatever it is you do. Yeah. And, and you invest in so much time. And like I said, blood, sweat and tears that I, like, I mean, I, we see it in the mortgage space. 
um, you know, brokers have been in the space for 30, 40 years, they just don't trust anybody with their clients. So yeah. it's like, well, maybe you have a transitional period where you're moving your business within the family. Generally not in that case, but you sell it, you start selling your book of business. But a lot of people are saying, well, these are like, I don't, I don't trust oh, hold anybody. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hold on for dear life. Whoa, whoa. You know, I'm just going to, I'm never going to, I don't think I'll ever sell. It's, it's that. But collaboration is the best way to go. Sure. Absolutely. To work with others within, you know, within your firm or your family and talk yeah. about opportunities. It's the best way. And gets the most value and it gives you great satisfaction. Absolutely. Right. And, that, and that's a, that's a people person, a, pre, a people person issue. It's, it's. How do you deal with others and you don't want to keep everything close because the more you share and the more you collaborate, the more value it is to everybody. Yeah. You got to play nice, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So Blue so blue Roots, so why don't you walk me through if, um, it's always fun to say your, your ideal client. Who, who would you say Blue Roots ideal client is and, you know, whether it be a problem or something they're going through that Blue Roots would help? Like what would your, 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 we'll call it your bread and butter. So Blue Roots, uh, the name came around because our clients are mainly blue collar okay. in general, right? Because we're the ones who put our head down, worked hard, didn't go to business school perhaps. And, you know, we just have this great business now. So right. a lot of it is, is um, a blue collar. And the roots are to get to the root of the issue within the business and within the family. I like it. So the first thing we work with is the family. And we try to open up lines of communication. Okay. Um, take my own family. I've got two sons who couldn't be more different. Um, you know, they love to hate each other. They're best of friends, but worst enemies. I mean, it's, right. it's amazing. <laughs> and I'm sure that most parents with kids understand yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. And so opening up and understanding communication. So we use two assessment tools when we're dealing with any family or any business. Before we do any work, we need to understand who you are, how you do things, how you like to communicate. And that is the key. Because once we know that, okay, you like to have all the facts and I'm the one who comes up with the ideas, once we understand that about each other, we mm -hmm. can work better together. Because okay. I know you're going to ask me questions nonstop and you're drive me nuts. <laughs> and I'm never going to ask a question or I'm not going to give you the information yeah, yeah. you need. Right. Once you understand that's really who you are, it's in your DNA. Right. We're not talking personality tests that are fun to do and can change over time. We're talking about tests, assessments that you can start, you take at age nine, right up. You know, nine because you need to be able to read the question and understand the question. Sure. Um, <laughs> but it never changes. You only do it once. Okay. You can do other assessments uh, many, many times and they'll change a little bit because right. of who you are and what age and stage you are. Yep. So that's the very first thing we do because we find that a lot of the issues are about communication and just dealing with how you like to be communicated with or to understand me and how I do things opens up that communication. So that's the very first thing we do with, with a family is understanding that and, and the leaders of a business. Okay. Um, and then we do what's called a discovery. So we ask questions to the same people or sorry, same questions to everybody in the family yep. Quietly, like over here, we're not going to do it in a, in a group setting. And we ask them. We don't ask you to fill out a form. We actually ask the questions. Of course. Get your feedback. Yeah. And then we analyze that and bring it back to the family and start talking to them about these issues, whatever that issue is. So maybe if the issue is a son wants to take over, a daughter wants to take over the business, but they're not qualified. Right. And, you know, so then we find out 
during the root of things, it's not really bad. If the dad says they're not qualified or mom says they're not qualified, it's not that. They just maybe don't like the spouse and are worried about the spouse getting shares in the company or, right, you know, right. it's, a, it's the there's things that come out. There's layers and layers. Yeah. And the very first thing, we never dive into the problem. We start with let's understand each other. Right. And the other tool we use, so one is about how you do things, what you lead with when you're allowed to be yourself. And the other one we use is your unconscious motivators. You don't even know what motivates you and why you do stuff. But what I think is key is it also says when when your needs aren't being met, whatever they happen to be, why you become your shadow self. So you all of a sudden you're you're like the greatest person. You're always happy and you know the the team player, and that's when you're in your best self. But then all of a sudden you realize you know you've changed and you're you're standoffish. You're you know, you, you walk away, you, you don't participate, and you realize that your underlying motivator for you is to be appreciated. And nobody has appreciated all the work you've done to help right. them be elevated or at work, at home, or at work, wherever yeah, it is. Yeah. There's different motivators. And when those needs aren't being met and you don't even know what they are, you all of a sudden become a shadow of yourself. You're not your best self. Right. And again, statistically... If you're in shadow self, you're 99.6% less likely to be productive. Your work drops. When you are in your best self, your work will improve by 99.4. So, and these again are all statistics. The the assessments we use are over 40 years old, have been tried and tested for years and years and years. And honestly, once we do those with the families, it's it's like light bulbs go off all around the room. It's amazing. It's not the personality tests that go, oh, you like to do... These are like, hmm, and they go, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Right. And maybe just even open that dialogue, because obviously communication is the biggest part, but... Huge. There could have been a lot of disconnect between family members that, well, dad's thinking, nobody wants to take over the business, and, you know, what do I do? Whereas in the background, the kid's like, you know, I'd like to take it over, but I don't think dad feels like I'm qualified enough and yeah. opening that conversation or, yeah. might be just like you said, the light bulb. Or you, or you want to take over the business, but you don't want to do the, the sales. Sure. You just want to be the one who has the relationships with the suppliers yeah. or you want to be the one motivating and, and working with the teams. Like there's different angles. And so we dig all that out, but it all starts back with the family. Right. And most businesses focus on the business. So most consultants will focus on how to get the business up and running, work with the leaders, and they'll deal with the people working in the business. So dad, son, mom, daughter, whatever it happens to be. But it's the rest of the family that is the driving force of that business, Hmm. right? Because then it goes into a state issue. So what if you have this business? How, what if you got a son or a daughter in the business and one not in the business or two in the business, two not? How do you equalize? Well, I'd rather just do my work and not think about it. Right? So all that stuff starts to come out with the families. And I think a reason that it becomes this, they sell is because it's too much to, too much to, how do I even know where to start? Well, that's exactly where my mind would go, right? So I wrote a book uh, on how to prepare your business and your family for the first transition. And it's an easy to read. It's a three hour read. And each chapter is like, gets you thinking. Because if you give a book like that to a first gen or someone in business, they're not going to read it. It's like a right. big business book. This is each chapter is like a 15 minute read. And okay. all it is is questions. Basically, it's like, here's the scenario. Here's a bunch of questions. And it gets you thinking. So one's on the family, one's on the business, one's on the ownership. Like 
each each chapter is about a certain aspect of your life or your business life. Interesting. And you go, oh, I should start to think about that. Yeah. And I think that's, again, it's a way to get people to start to think about it as opposed to just burying your head and, and walking away. Because the transition is going to happen. You're going to die. You're going to retire. You know? Yeah. Which kind of leads me to like an interesting segue. Um, there, there's somebody, you know, close to me that actually within the last year or so, not that I need to get off of specifics, but so her father ran a um, orthopedic clinic and she was still at the age or that, that point in time where she hadn't actually started taking preparation to take it over. And he had passed away and she didn't have a, the ability, the know-how, the what next to do. And she found herself and the business having to just vanish, sell, mm-hmm. go on. It's like, yeah. shit. And the value is so depleted. Of course it is. Because right? the, the individual where all the value is from is no longer there right. to speak to that. And you have the daughter who was working for the business, but wasn't at a capacity who hadn't had that. Like the, the transition no. hadn't even begun. Mm-hmm. And so when father passed away, it was opportunity lost. Well, and that's, you know, again, part of my whole journey into this family, family advising is in my previous career in the insurance and financial services, I had a lot of transitions like that happen. I call them accidental transitions because you didn't plan it. Someone died and all of a sudden I'm an accidental owner and you have, it goes to, you know, based on your will or estate plan, everything will transition to a spouse. Well, the spouse may or may not be in the business. So they don't know, and you got a child in the business, not in the business, who's maybe not ready to take over. Yeah. So it's never too early to start. It doesn't mean you have to transition, but just to have a plan. A plan in place. We're talking about it with the family. And again, I think there was taboo uh, subjects many years ago, which was, you know, sex, politics, religion, money, right? You didn't talk about that. Well, now we can talk about that. And it's hard, I think, for first gens to start to talk about the financial stuff. But I can tell your kids know if you have money or don't have money, if you can pay your bills or not pay your bills. It's a matter of how are we going to maintain this wealth in the family? Are we going to give it away? Are we going to keep it? Like, what are we doing? And what happens if I can't come to work tomorrow? Right. What is the plan? Mom or dad doesn't want it. Kids aren't ready. So we have a third party who can help manage and run it until you're ready. There's lots of opportunities. Like, I mean, the business model sounds, it's, I don't even want to say like it was a no-brainer, but I, I, I haven't heard of a business model or an offering such as yourself. Oh. And I think it's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Well, obviously, like, I mean, you outlined how many family-run businesses there are in the country. It's amazing. And myself being one of them, this whole thought never crossed my mind. No. What do I need to do with my family-run business? No. And it's, again, I think it's because I've worked so many years with family-run businesses. And I didn't realize I was a family-run business. My husband and I worked together, but apart in the same industry. But, you know, as I say, we had a 3,800-square-foot office, and I was in one corner, he was in the other. Right. I need um, a little bit of space. You need, right? need space in between. <laughs> but we never thought of ourselves as a family business. Right, right. And I think that's the issue with first gens. And that's why 60 or only 30% transitioned to second is you don't think about that. Right. And it's never too early to start to talk about it and to plan for it. Okay, if your kids are two or three, they're not going to understand what <laughs> you do. Yeah, my, my, my daughter's two, my son's eight. Um, 
We we did a actually you know slightly off topic, but we uh, we did a, a recent mortgage video. We're gonna release it eventually, but we thought it'd be cute to ask our eight year old if he if he knows what my dad do. Well, you sell mortgages. What's what's a mortgage, buddy? He had no idea. Yeah. So that's well, they, the story is that uh, the kids used to say that dad went to work and uh, to read the paper and drink coffee. That's back <laughs> when he actually had a newspaper. <laughs> yeah. And I, I used to go. So my husband and I were very conscious about making sure we were around when the kids were little. So one of us would go on every school trip. Not We couldn't both of us of go, course. but one would go. Right? Yeah. We tried to go for everything. Yeah. And I was working, building this business, and my son, my older son, said to me, when, you know, why do you go to work? I said, well, mommy goes to work to make money. So he made me money and brought it home. I actually still have the money. It's uh, <laughs> So it's like, all he, you know, dad goes to work and reads the paper and drinks yeah, coffee and yeah. mom goes to work to make money. The smart kid. And that's all they understood. <laughs> right? They didn't really realize uh, what we did. Yeah. Well, again, we never talked about opportunities. Right. You know, and I think that's the, the downside is we don't talk about the opportunities. We prepare our family earlier on. You probably have a lot of life insurance so that if anything happened to you, your wife and children would be fine vice versa disability but we don't think about succession we think about early on we think about that but as the kids grow we don't think about now we need to educate and to say what would this look like is this a business that we really want to grow do we have are we invested in this is this good for the community this is what we do we want to we want to keep it going yeah and having that third party because i think you know you, you you'll obviously be able to speak to that but when mom and dad sit down with with child one through three or four, it's coming from mom and dad, right? The message is coming from mom and dad. It's, it has a different tone. It has a different, the way that the, like the engagement is different, but you have a third party and then suddenly it's, it's a professional setting, right? Cause obviously they're adult kids at this point in time, I would yeah. imagine. And so it, it's different. It's not mom and dad saying, we really want you to take this over. You have to, as part of the business. It means a lot to us. We don't care how you, you know, that's kind of yeah. probably what a lot of conversations kind of end up being, but this is vastly different. You know what it, it is. And I think, you know, having a third party lead and work with the family makes it easier. I can't even run my own meetings because I'm the family, right? right? You need a third party to let everybody have their say in a very safe environment and to say, well, this is why I don't want to work with you or why I don't want to go into business or, you know, I'm very interested in going down this path. That's fine. You don't have to be working in the business, but do you want to be an owner in the business? Like you don't think every person from Ford works in the business. Like every family member of Ford works in the business. You can be an owner and not be... And not work in the business. So there's opportunities and there's different share structures. And and so I'm also a trust and estate practitioner, which helps with that to work on the estate side. So right. yes, you want to transition that. Well, here's some ways that you can look at or opportunities. And I think that's the biggest part is that we, we don't really look at all the options before right. we make a decision. And again, it's hard when mom or dad are leading the the meeting because you're just going to go, yep, exactly, yeah, exactly. our eyes are going to roll. And, well, yeah, and you've yeah. probably heard about it. Like, I mean, I'm guessing if you have an adult child, you've probably heard about it for 10, 15 years, right? It's been, it's been a conversation at the dinner table. It's been a conversation at awkward times. And there's probably that, uh-huh. you know, that, that back and forth and you need somebody to help you get through. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're, and again, your kids are going to, when you are with your parents, you tend to revert to being a child almost again, or sure. to listening to them as your parent. And where you want them to be is on equal footing when you're having these conversations. 
and get the real feelings absolutely out. and again by by doing that discovery work at the beginning when you're asking people you have a you have years of work yeah, <laughs> there yeah, yeah. you know do you include the you know your daughter-in-law son-in-law do your girlfriends boyfriends how old like there's all these questions and it's, it's not complicated it's just hey what are you trying to do yeah. you know what do you want from this family from this family company what's your vision do you see this wanting to go on and on and on or is it no i'm just i'm just building it to sell it okay well then that's another completely different story but, but at least you've talked it through and, and you know you've made the right choice yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. So step one, would you say, so say somebody here is listening, Lambeth, Tallow Village, and Silverleaf have a ton of business owners. How many are family run? How many are at that, that cycle? I don't know. But somebody listening is intrigued. What would you say? Like say step one, setting up a phone call, setting up a one-on-one meeting, yeah. what would you say? Yeah, we just say, you know, we do just an interview to say, okay, what, what are you looking for? What are your pain points? Can we be of any value? Or is there someone else we can refer are, to? Are we the right? Are we the, are right, we the fit? right fit? We yeah. call it the right fit meeting. Yeah. Basically, is to say, what are you trying to do? Where are you? What age and stage? What's happening? And but interesting, lucky. You know who we get called in the most by? Second generations. Really? Yeah, yeah. We get called in by the kids who are either in their twenties and trying to figure out if they want in the business or out of the business. Interesting. Uh, yeah, most of them. Uh, I shouldn't say that. I'd say ninety percent of them. Dad won't let go of the helm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Most of them come in, so it's really about I'm struggling. I can't have this conversation with my my parents, or you know this is happening, or my son is pushing me to buy shares and I don't want to give them up yet. Yeah. So it's matter okay, well, and then we lay out the process and can we can we work together or maybe we need to send you somewhere else. This is not an issue that we can deal with. So that's really it, is to understand what you're doing. And then we get into that assessments, the discovery, and then the recommendation and analysis, and then ongoing. And that, you know, the relationships I have with clients go on years and years and years. Right. You're Because you're going to be there leading the meeting and say, okay, here's the topics you want to talk about. Transition could be a couple years. of weeks. It could be a couple of years. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm I got one client I'm working no on, on uh, five years. Oh, uh, no way. Four, four years to get through the transition, but we still meet as a family. Okay. Like, like not me, but I mean, I'm sure, not, sure. I yes. lead the family yes. meetings because there's still a lot going on. And there's still these state sides. There's all kinds of things that happen. And it's just a third party to help you, you know, document what you're trying to do. And then you can go to your lawyer, your accountant, your other advisors and, and, and work out the details. Right. But it's just getting that vision of what you want as a family and then what you want the business to be as a vision and you kind of put them together yeah and we have like a we, lot of collaboration a lot of people we work with the, to fire them off but basically we're the hub of how do we deal with the family and the business and how do we prepare both for a transition and like frankly dealing with the the family as a whole for so many years like i mean that makes i would imagine some some good tight bonds too between it's it's hard for you know as, as a business owner myself you know, I, I have the ability to talk to one individual, but if, you know, you have the ability to talk to a whole family mm-hmm. and you're getting to know them, you're seeing them grow, you're Lots seeing that transition. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. That's, well, I because they're it. in a safe spot when they're answering questions or talking, like, you know, we go around and I don't, I don't tell them what to do. They, they set the agendas based on the information right, they provide right. and we say, here's your issues, 
that you should probably start to address which ones do you want to talk about today. So what's the agenda today? And then people get an opportunity to think about that and then to come in and actually talk about what's on their mind or how they feel about an issue. And then you burn through that and then you move on. You go, okay, well, how do we deal with that? Yeah. The after and it's all good. I mean, it's not like, oh, this is going to be a grind. It isn't. It's, it's you know, you get a lot of truth. And it brings the families closer together, not further apart. Right. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I would imagine. Because, you're again, the communication, you have, you know, I don't want to upset dad. I don't want to upset mom. Right. And so nothing is said. Whose side do I go on? <laughs> right. But meanwhile, mom and dad are wanting you to speak. And then, and then just you get that awkwardness and it just never happens. Right? So, yeah. But again, if you like know each else. other and I've got ideas and, and you're <clears> the loudest <throat> voice, I'm not going to want to say anything because... You don't like my idea anyway, or every time I say sure. something, you say yeah, no. Absolutely. But when you realize that's just how my brain works, and give me a day, and I'm going to come back and say, "Great idea." Yeah. Right. So how do you deal with that? So that's what we learn is how to communicate. And you're talking about stats. So uh, a couple of stats: why communication is so important. Eighty-five percent of marriage breakdowns are in some way, shape, or form due to communication. Issues. I would have guessed ninety-nine point nine. Seven percent of businesses. Um, are only think seven percent believe that communication is true and accurate. The other ninety three percent think the information coming from the business is is baloney. Oh really? So communication is such a big part. Okay. Um, something like sixty four percent of employees think that the main reason for a company's demise is communication issues, but only seven percent of employees believe that communication is accurate, true, and transparent with their with the owners. So regardless, so why it's so important with families and business is you can divorce a spouse, but you can't divorce your kids, right? Like they're there forever. And it's a huge, it's a huge issue regardless if it's at work or at home. So if nothing else, let's learn to accept each other's, um, the mode of operation. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and work together. I, I, I love everything about it, frankly. Um, I would love to hear you. Like you know, we're gonna obviously post this on um, our Facebook pages. It's gonna be on Spotify. I'd love to hear if anybody has any comments or feedback as well about any. Like, have you gone through any of this? Because I think it'd be super interesting. Um, so, Tammy, thanks for popping in. Um, we like to throw you on the hot seat. So, as mentioned, <laughs> so Jawad's favorite part. Um, well, I don't know if he's favorite. He, he loves the, the back and forth and getting to know people as well, obviously, but he loves, he loves uh, the, the hot seat question. So we'll throw them at you in no particular order. Um, best piece of advice you've ever received? Best piece of advice is just be yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself. Don't try that's, to be anybody else. That's simple. It's very simple. Sometimes hard to do, right? Because you people expect yeah. you to be a certain way. And I learned that early on that this is who I am. You know, I'm not going to pretend to be anybody I'm not. Okay. Like me, hate me, this is me. Love it. Love it. Um, if you catch this movie on TV, it's hard to not jump in and watch it. What is the one movie that will stop you half dead? <laughs> How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Okay. I must watch that movie. That's a hard press between that one and 27 Dresses. I okay. probably watched them all 27 times or more. I and it. I don't know why, but it's like there's no swearing. There's no violence. It's just funny. Just a good rom-com. Just, just funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Uh, one I always like to throw in there, I always find like we get, you, you get the cliche answers, but sometimes we have some really unique ones. Um, a skill that you don't have that you love to acquire. That's interesting. There's a lot that I'd like to acquire, but you know what I really find? I'm a knitter and okay. I would love to be able to sew. Yeah. I'm not a great sewer. Okay. Um, and that's a skill that, I mean, it's amazing. When you see what people can do, there's that artist kind of yeah, side. Yeah, well, that, that's... I, that, that very artistic. Would be more on, like, the, the knitting side? You look a little bit more artistic? Well, no, because it's a no-brainer. You can just sit and knit and watch television. You can't sure, sit and sew. Sure, talk to a guy who's never knit before. <laughs> I, well, I, you know, so that is easy. I can't crochet. Okay. But I can knit, and I knit constantly. Oh, yeah? I knit constantly. Awesome. And, um, yeah, so I'd love to be able to sew. So what's stopping you? I don't think I could sit in a room with just a sewing machine. I'm no. one of these people who I need noise. I need, like, the television needs to be on. I don't right. care what it is. I yeah, just yeah, yeah. has to be on. And my husband's the opposite. He likes everything quiet. Okay. And I just need noise. I just need noise. Yeah, and so too much concentration with the sewing. I think you have to be very accurate in your cutting. And it's very, very precise. You know, you have to cut properly and all this kind of stuff. And I just yeah. kind of knit, 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 knit. So yeah. I think sewing. Interesting. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. Well, we had like I'd say the vast majority of people want to sing that we had on. Just everybody seems to want us to be able to sing. Oh, I sing. Do you sing? Yeah, but nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I sing in the car really well. <laughs> my my uh, my my joke for years is that I just I I'm able to hit notes that others don't recognize. <laughs> you like a dog. <laughs> we're gonna go with that yeah we're gonna go with that yeah um yeah so thanks thanks again tammy for coming on um we'll post a link to uh, do you guys have a facebook page instagram page any of those yes we do okay so we'll post um so that people can reach out to you as well as your name will be able to find you as well um for those that have lasted this yeah. long um again community driven podcast that Joanne and i started getting to know more of the business owners in our community outside of just their business, but who they are. And so if you've made it this long and you'd like to come on, please reach out to myself or Jawad. We'd love to have you on and we will talk soon. On to the next.